Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Welcome to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Hey, wow, what a weekend. It's been a busy weekend. And uh, wow, <laughs> I guess that's all I can really say about it. Wow. Uh, so let's get on with our business and then we'll start talking about the events of the day and indeed the weekend. Today's date, April, um, oh, ouch, uh, July 30th. Well, this month is almost over. Uh, 2012, beautiful old town Alexandria, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. 2020 is in the house. Always good to see 2020 Radio Southern Sense. Karen Hunter's here. Got a, quite a few guests that I have bribed and uh, and, uh, and threatened to expose who have decided to join our little party. Republican Marine is in the house. Swing easy. The binary prince. 
Casanova Frankenstein, evil clown. Uh, I gotta say, I gotta send a shout out to my one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. In fact, a mentor to me uh, in my career as a United States Marine Colonel, uh, Stephen Eddie Ray, who is a member of my, who's on my Facebook page. If you guys are with me on Facebook, you'll um, please give a shout out to Colonel Ray. Uh, love the guy. Uh, try to convince him to come out to me, with me uh, to OCS on, and run the obstacle course. Instead, Mr. Macho chose to run a three-mile run in 100-degree heat. Now, Colonel Ray's an old man, and I stated such, and uh, he shouldn't be out running, you know, in 100-degree heat like that. But, you know, he's still he's still a great warrior, a great patriot. In fact, he is an American hero. Uh, recipient of the Silver Star, as uh, and that's just one of his many uh, many uh, awards for valor received in the heat of battle. Uh, so my hat goes out to my main man, Colonel Stephen Eddie Ray. All right, uh, I got a. I was reading um. I was reading an article in the uh, Marine Times the other day. The article. Uh, the caption in the article was, hey, well, uh, will the military vote uh, swing the election? And I thought, that's interesting. I wasn't aware that there was enough of us uh, to swing an election. But still, the article in the Marine Times uh, asked the question, will the military vote swing this election? Given that there are about to be massive budget cuts, now most of the time, historically speaking, uh, the military vote has gone the way of the conservative, the Republican, and with good reason. Uh, I just wonder if that, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to read the article because literally the dog ate it. You heard me right. Um, every... You know, I have a I have a dog, a Rottweiler. His name is Nick. Um, and Nick, well, he's a yard dog. He's not much of a house dog. But during the summers, I bring him in, and I put him in the downstairs bathroom, where it's nice and cool. Because uh, I don't quite trust him not to pee somewhere. He likes to mark his territory. And I have a plant... I have a plant in the family room downstairs that he has been known to pull a leg up and take a piss on. And so at night I bring him in and I put him in the downstairs bathroom. Now, of course, men like to have a bit of reading material in the bathroom from time to time. And so I had the article uh, for the Marine Times, Will the Military Vote Swing the Election in November? And I intended to read it. The next morning, I came in to let the dog out to feed him and all that. And I found that the whole Marine Times publication had been torn to shreds. And parts of it was missing. So, literally, my dog ate my homework. Well, <laughs> alright, so let's get this this party started. As I indicated... Uh, last week, 
and the week before. The you didn't build that has tended to have very long legs. Now, I thought I was just, you know, that that we'd be talking about this for perhaps a week or so. And then we'd move on to greener pastures. Then Obama would slip up and say something else really stupid, and we'd be talking about that. Now, all weekend long, and I do mean all weekend long on Fox, which I monitor consistently, and all throughout the blogosphere, this is all the rage. They're still talking about it. Folks are still talking about Obama's speech where he says, if you built a business, you didn't build it. You didn't do it. It's not, you didn't, you. <laughs> and folks are thinking, a lot of folks are thinking that this is a pivotal moment in this election. It's just something that just won't go away. And Obama has gone so far as to put out two different ads stating that he didn't say that, what he said. That what he said was not what he said. That it was taken out of context. I guess he was trying to say, you know, he was trying to say that we didn't build the roads or the internet. That the government did that. Still, he basically admitted to saying what he said he didn't say when he said it. So, here we are once again, talking about something that the Obama administration would simply wish would, would go away. By the way, the call-in number is 347-884-8500. And now we find that a federal court judge, an appointee, interfered with the Black Panthers' prosecution. And that a new book coming out suggests that Obama canceled the bin Laden raid three times on the advice of Valerie Jarrett. Now, Obama has admitted that Valerie Jarrett pretty much he follows her advice. No matter what she says, he usually does what she says. What is going on there? Now, Valerie Jarrett was once married to the son of a great Chicago Tribune journalist, Vernon Jarrett. Although I never met the lady, quite frankly, she's butt-ass ugly, and I don't like to be seen around ugly people. Um... And she has some sort of uh, hold on Obama. She's his Svengali, uh, perhaps his muse, if you insist, where she advises him like the little devil in his ear, telling him what he should do, what he shouldn't do, how he should do it. And all is well documented in a new book that I recently read, or, if I should be accurate, listen to on one of my many road trips. And the book is entitled The Amateur. And in that book, Valerie Jarrett is pretty much the de facto president or 
the de facto vice president. She steers Obama in all sorts of weird directions when his closest advisors were suggesting to him not to fully engage in the health care overhaul. She said, go for it. Go for the gold. Go it. Do it. Do it all. Do it all in one fell swoop. Spend all your political capital if necessary, and he certainly did. So, this new book, uh, I guess Obama's not, uh, I suppose he's not the uh, super warrior that he professes to be. The ass kicker. Because he's going around saying he's the guy who got Bin Laden as if he actually went out in full battle gear and did the deed himself. When he knows his skinny little big-eared ass probably couldn't swat a fly successfully. So, old and busted. Will four words or two derail Obama's re-election? An article in the hot air suggests that Barack Obama is the most gifted orator in American politics since FDR, Lincoln, Williams, Jennings, Bryant. Take your pick. The president can't express himself clearly without his apologies at the ready to explain his context. For the third time in two months, Obama's musing on the economy put him in hot water and gave Mitt Romney a huge opening to exploit. Now, Kim Kressel believes that four words in particular have Team Obama in panic. What four words are they? One wonders. Oh, yeah. You didn't build that. <laughs> you didn't build that. What's the difference between a calm and cool, sexy, hot, Spock-like Barack Hussein Obama? And a rattled and worried, gray-haired, big-eared mole on the side of your face that I can't seem to stop looking at. I can't stop staring at that damn mole. It's four words. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. You didn't build that as swelling to such heights that it has the president somewhere unprecedented. He's playing defense. Mr. Obama has felt compelled for the first time in this campaign to cut an ad in which he directly responses, responds to the criticism of his now infamous speech, complaining. His opponents took his words out of context. We all heard the words. How the hell do you take that out of context? Unless he's saying, well, I don't know. Miss Warren, out in Massachusetts, well, her argument is pretty much the same, that the government is the real source of all business success. And that went viral and made a profound impression upon the liberal elite who thought that they were going to go ahead and take that, take that cause up too. So basically, Obama stepped in Warren's crap. And then he decided to walk with it. Maybe they all thought they were in France. Because in France, 
if you're walking down the road and you step into some dog shit, it's considered good luck. But we don't feel that way here <laughs> in the United States of America. We kind of feel just the opposite. So Obama stepped in Warren, who claims she's uh, part black, Jew, Hispanic, uh, Native American, all of that. She She's the one who said it first. But that didn't get a lot of play because she's she, she's a nut job. So nobody was really listening to her when she said it. It didn't go viral. It didn't go wild. Because it was like, <sighs> yeah. But when Obama basically repeated what she said in his own condescending, arrogant, asshole-ish way, now folks are starting to take notice. And liberals have pushed for its wider adoption. Pretty much saying that, okay, you know what? Here's what we got to do. We got to go with this. Because once Americans start to understand that their success is owed primarily to the United States government, they'll feel more compelled to fork over more of that jack they're hiding. So we can spend it on, uh, well, whatever we like. So Mr. Obama chose a road test, warns outlandish comments on the national stage. Presumably thinking it would underline his argument for why the wealthy should pay their fair share. Why we should pay our fair share. It was a big political misstep, no doubt. And now has Team Obama seriously worried? You see, folks, Obama has been testing his spread the wealth around. Redistribution of wealth, big government, that the wealthy should pay their fair share. He's been testing that for the last two years. And unfortunately for a lot of us, his arguments have tested somewhat well. There's a wide audience for redistribution of wealth that those of us who have more should pay more. Or our fair share. So he's got some polling data that suggests that this argument works to a certain extent. So what the clown did, by clown I mean Obama, he chose to double down, which is what he's known for, and step it up a little bit. Listen. I tend to think that Obama simply does not understand real Americans. He doesn't understand that we're not that type. That we're individuals. That we're cocky. That we're arrogant. Just as cocky and arrogant as he is except that we love this great country. We don't like to be told what to do. 
We don't like to be told what to do. That's damn straight. We don't like to be told what we can't do. Not at all. And we don't like to be told that our hard-earned success is the product of someone else. Someone unseen. Some government cabal who has engineered our success for us. We don't like that. You see, here's my what I find Obama what Obama's kryptonite and and his Achilles heel is thinking that we Americans can be easily transformed into a socialist Marxist utopia that we'll go along with it, that we're sheep, basically. I believe that Obama believes that we are easily led down whatever path is necessary. Here's where he's wrong. He has had four years, nearly four years, of being president. And he believes that in four years, or perhaps in eight years, that he can fundamentally transform the United States of America. It sounds, I guess it sounds okay to him. But frankly, it's not possible. It just isn't. Our country has been operating under a certain credo, a certain mindset, a certain culture, a way of being for more than 200 years. It's not going to change in eight. So when he... When he says something really stupid, like you didn't, you didn't build that. Someone else made that happen. It's no wonder the immediate effect was to suck away the president's momentum. He he stopped in his tracks. Mr. Obama has very little positive to brag about. And his campaign hinges. It hinges on keeping negative attention on his opponent. Folks, those of you who are not from Chicago, let me let me give you a, a short playbook of how Chicago politicians work. Focus on your opponent's weaknesses. Hammer them home. Exploit their weaknesses. Don't talk about your own achievements, especially if you don't have any to brag about. Tear down and destroy your opponent and his record. Don't speak to your own. Don't even address it. If if your opponent speaks to your record, ignore it. Continue to hammer home your opponent's weaknesses. Never mind that you have no achievements of your own. This is the playbook that Obama followed in the state senate and on the national stage and it's worked for him so far it's a chicago way for months the president's team hammered on obama's time at bain capital his massachusetts uh, gubernatorial uh, governor's uh, tenure his tax returns but you didn't build that shifted the focus Back to the president and his decision to respond 
to the criticism has only legitimized them and guaranteed they'll continue. Saying that we took his words out of context? That Romney took his words out of context? <sighs> Gangsta. The Obama campaign's biggest problem, or a bigger problem, both sides are now realizing is that his words go beyond politics. And they're far more devastating than the Romney complaints that Mr. Obama is too big government-oriented or has mishandled the economy. They raise a far more potent issue. That is of our national identity. And feed the suspicion that Mr. Obama's actively hostile toward American ideals and aspirations. Republicans are doing their own voter surveys, and they note that Obama's problem is that his words cause an emotional response. Of course they do. And that's the whole point of this conversation. You don't tell Americans who work their asses off that the success that they achieve as a result is owed to someone else, especially the government. What Obama's failed to do, folks, is persuade the majority of the American people that government is their friend. The government is your buddy. The governor, government is your best asset. He has failed over the course of his, his tenure as president to persuade the American people that government can solve most of your problems. He's failed. And like he said many, many times, he says... You know, I guess I just haven't been able to convince the American people. I haven't hammered my message home hard enough. Dude, your message sucks all to be damned. And you're a moron. And most Americans don't like that kind of shit. It's not, you can say whatever you want to say a thousand times over. It doesn't play well here. You might get away with that shit in 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 uh where Spain Italy Greece but we don't roll like that here and the problem for Obama didn't start with those four words they started in June after a poor jobs report and the uh, firm the affirmation that the, the first quarter showed significant decline in the U.S. economy and the second quarter was headed in the same direction, which was, by the way, confirmed today. And Obama insisted at that time that the private sector was doing just fine and pushed for more government jobs, both on the state and federal levels. Folks, both of those assertions caused widespread scorn and created the appearance that Obama was oddly disconnected from economic reality, or just plain reality. That played directly into Obama's Warren Declaration earlier this month, amplifying, amplifying, and corroborating and ex or exacerbating a sense that Obama doesn't have a clue. He just doesn't. One can't help but notice the struggle between Barack Obama's natural instincts 
and the serene and benevolent persona he projects to the world. Beneath the vestige of a cosmetically oh, populist, post-racial, post-partisan reformer who wants to perfect America and to have uh, millionaires and billionaires pay their fair share is just another condescending, self-important, sarcastic, academic liberal Democrat who believes in false consciousness and in scholastic theories that succeed in, that success in life success in life can be attributed to birth or luck or community but not to individual effort and grit and achievement Obama may be talented at self-fashioning but he can't maintain his public face consistently. The mask sometimes slips. Dude is buck naked. Buck naked. The emperor has no clothes. He's naked. And we're going to talk about just how naked he is. Not naked. Naked. He is when we come back from this break. By the way, you're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. We'll be right back. If you've been successful, you don't you didn't get there on your own. You, you didn't get there on your own. I, I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. There are a lot of smart people out there. It must be because I worked harder than everybody else. Let me tell you something. There are a whole bunch of hard-working people out there. If you were successful, somebody along the line gave you some help. There was a great teacher somewhere in your life. Somebody helped to create this unbelievable American system that we had that allowed you to thrive. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. In the classrooms of America, there your children's lives will be shaped. We have the power to shape the civilization that we want. Everyone gets a fair shot when everyone does their fair share. We have a higher calling than greed and bravado. When personal freedom is being abused, you have to move the limit. This can't be right. There's something wrong with this picture. Everything I was hearing was wrong. Dead wrong. Our message is the better message. Free markets, the greatest collective enterprise in the history of humanity. It is the only system that creates wealth for the most people. No other system can, no other system can. The free market is the only thing that allows the individual to be who he or she is meant to be. The free market is morally superior because they acknowledge private property that is peaceable, voluntary exchange. There's this huge connection between economic freedom and political freedom. The whole American dream has been based on the idea that if you do work hard, you play by the rules. That's how you get ahead. That's what the founding fathers intended for this country. Make the moral case for free market capitalism. The American individual entrepreneur 
those free market job creators and wealth creators who give us the future that we have, who are the bedrock of economic success in this country. It unleashes your spirit. It allows you to go out and innovate and create. Never the force in human existence at such a confluence of events occurred and created such a magnificent country. This is the one time in your life where you actually get to have these kind of first principle philosophical arguments no bold bar. You're the 300 of Thermopylae. And that's a great fight. And you get to have that fight. Hit squad of dynamic radio hosts on Internet Talk Radio. Starting at 8 p.m., listen to the Situation Report with Dr. C. Robert Jones of Gojo Media. Doc Jones is a retired Marine officer and holds a Ph.D. in history. Come check out his show weeknights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. From there, stay on board with the 2020 Network. Alternating between G-Ski Rocks and his show, Live and Direct, and David Graham of Stay Mad Radio. Taking you to bedtime with wit and wisdom and class and clarity. Join this nightly tea party family and bring your friends. Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. What to do, do, do on Friday. Well, keep your internet radio routine with Tesla's great show, Socialism is Not an Option. The Roundtable Roundup Edition, where you can call in and vent your frustrations from the week. It's an open line discussion where other radio hosts and listeners call in and let us know what's on their mind every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. People come to Internet Radio for any number of reasons. Among the reasons are perhaps they're tired of the pasteurized, homogenized news that they get from their TV. Or some may want their talk radio a little more raw. Well, that's what you get with Internet Talk Radio. Real people with real opinions that give you real conversation. It's not just daddy's talk radio. And it's for people who stay informed and a great way to share ideas and debate issues. Well, let's just say that Internet Talk Radio hosts don't sit in front of the makeup mirror before they go on the air. Internet Talk Radio is a fast-growing new media that allows folks to get around the dinosaur media. We Are America United is a network of patriotic radio hosts bringing you honest discussion and discourse that will keep you riveted all day. Check out radio.waaumedia.com. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Afterburner. I'm Bill Whittle. A few days ago, Barack Obama personally inserted himself into the Fast and Furious scandal by throwing the cloak of executive privilege over a series of documents that Attorney General Eric Holder was supposed to deliver to congressional oversight. Now, the irreplaceable John Hinderocker over at Powerline blog makes a compelling case for how legally weak this claim of privilege is in this particular case, which leaves us staring squarely at the real question, namely, 
Why would the President of the United States tie himself directly to this issue unless there was something very, very large at stake to justify the terrible appearance of it? Well, in cases of corruption, we're often told to follow the money. But Barack Obama and Eric Holder are not people who are primarily motivated by money. But as community organizers, civil rights lawyers, and so on, something motivated them to achieve national-level office, and that something is ideology. So if we're going to understand executive privilege and fast and furious, we need to follow the ideology. Prior to his election, Barack Obama was rated as the single most liberal member of the U.S. Senate, and one of the ongoing staples of modern progressivism is gun control. Eric Holder has long been an advocate for draconian gun control measures here in America, going so far as to say that the job of the government should be to, quote, really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way, unquote. Now, on March 30th, 2011, Barack Obama spoke to gun control advocate Sarah Brady, who said that the president told her that gun control was very much on his agenda and who then added, quote, I just want you to know that we're working on it. And then went on to say, we have to go through a few processes, but under the radar, unquote. Brainwash the American people about the horrors of guns and do it under the radar. Now, early in his presidency, Barack Obama frequently repeated the falsehood that the vast majority of the guns used in the horrific Mexican drug cartel violence came from American gun dealers in order to use this mind-boggling horror down south in order to apply gun control pressure here in America. Now, this was absolutely false at the time, and the presentation of evidence showing that American guns were responsible for only a tiny sliver of all of the weapons used proved embarrassing to the man who I've noted does not take well to embarrassment. Now, back in 2008, Barack Obama ran on, among other things, a promise of millions of green jobs being created through alternative energy sources. And when these jobs didn't magically appear, he used the power of the office through debacles like Solyndra to make them appear. And I believe that Eric Holder and Barack Obama did precisely the same thing in the case of Fast and Furious. In other words, if American guns were not being used in significant numbers to use as a lever for gun restrictions on American soil, then Barack Obama and Eric Holder would supply the guns to make the case that could not be made previously. Now, it is true that George Bush's Justice Department had a program called Wide Receiver that was designed to sell guns to gun traffickers in order to catch them, but these programs are nothing like each other. Wide Receiver use protocols familiar to every narcotics department drug buy, namely controlled delivery. That means that the bad guys under surveillance buy illegal drugs or guns and are swooped down on by law enforcement officials once they commit the crime. Wide receiver used GPS tracers in the guns. Wide receiver was performed with the full knowledge, approval, and cooperation of the Mexican government. And when it looked like there might be some danger that these guns could, you know, actually do some harm, the wide receiver program was shut down. Fast and Furious didn't use controlled delivery. It did not use tracking devices. It was not a limited number of weapons. It was thousands of them, and it was not known of or approved by Mexican law enforcement officials who simply were speechless and horrified to discover what Holder's Fast and Furious program actually did do, namely blindly pump thousands of American assault rifles into the Mexican cartels without any chance to prevent them from doing harm. And now we get to the brass tacks, because the mainstream press has referred to Fast and Furious, when they refer to it at all, of course, as a botched law enforcement program. But PJ Media contributor Bob Owens hit the nail on the head when he said that this is nonsense, because as Owens writes, and as I believe, Fast and Furious was designed to require 
Mexican casualties in order for it to accomplish its mission, which was to bring back the Clinton-era assault weapons ban here in America. Now, if that is in fact the case, consider just how unrelentingly evil this idea and these two men really are. In order to achieve an ideological end that they desired here in America, one that's roundly rejected by the American people they were elected to serve and not dictate to, they pumped thousands of deadly weapons into the most violent, horrific murderers on the face of the planet today. And this ideological decision cost the lives of no less than 300 Mexican civilians, 300 people confirmed dead as a result of this ideological horror, not to mention this American hero, former Marine and Border Patrol agent Brian Terry, who was killed using weapons supplied to his murderers by Eric Holder, very likely under the direction of Barack Obama. And to those liberals who say that this is a tempest in a teapot, it's just gotcha politics, just political posturing or simple racism, let me just say this. We know who the real racists are here. You don't give a damn about these dead people because they're only Mexicans to you. They're certainly not worth politically hurting your messiah over. If these have been 300 graphic designers in San Francisco and a university president instead of friendless peasants and a law enforcement officer, you would have dragged a Republican president out of the White House with torches and pitchforks, and you would have been right to do so. And if you find that kind of racist allegation offensive, well, welcome to our world. Just follow the ideology. It makes perfect sense. And if the mainstream media, which just a few days ago celebrated the 40th anniversary of the uncovering of a minor burglary at the Watergate complex as the greatest act of freedom in the history of the republic, has any shred of decency or credibility left, they would realize that this is Watergate with 300 dead people lying on the ground. Have you no shame, you so-called reporters and journalists? Have you no shame at all? No. No, Bill, they do not. Welcome back to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your humble host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. No, Bill, they do not. Bill Whittle is understandably... Well, wait, 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 wait. Bill Whittle... <laughs> Bill Whittle is understandably upset. I thought he was going to blow a gasket right there in the studio. Hey, if you're not tuned in, following a member of PJ Media with Bill Whittle, Alfonso Rochelle, Scott Ott, Stephen Green, Glenn Reynolds, Stephen Kirshner, and my main man, good friend, I'm dropping his name. G-Ski does it all the time on his show. Why can't I drop a name or two? Yeah, Andrew Clavin, the Mac, Andrew, ball-headed, not very handsome, but somehow he thinks he is. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm dropping one, because I know later on G-Ski's going to drop a couple of names, and i got to be able to keep up. But hey... G-Ski rocks tonight, uh, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Or Wednesday. Oh, I, I got to start writing down when his show is. Because he does, you know, not like you're, you know, G-Ski and, 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 uh, and Southern Sense, they do their shows on odd days. And, you know, I'm an old man and I, I have a problem keeping up with that kind of stuff. Now, I know that, uh, that uh, for example, GTT 183, Conservative Primetime, he does his show every single night. Well, I could say, you know, on any given night, I can say, well, you know, conservative prime time's on tonight at 1130. 
it, it could be Saturday. <laughs> that guy doesn't sleep. But hey, you know, uh, let's touch on a couple of things before we have to get out of here. We'll, we'll get back to our topic in just a minute. But has anybody seen the television series Political Animal? Animals. Political Animal. I love it. Even though, you know, they're liberals. Bill and Hillary, no, the title characters. Why don't they just name the title characters of political animals Bill and Hillary Clinton? Better yet, why use hot, fine, super sexy Sigourney Weaver, whom I dig? Why not just put Bill and Hillary in those roles? Pretty much, they're playing Bill and Hillary. And if Bill is anything like the title character, the former president, I love Bill. I'm a Bill Clinton fan. Man, you have got to watch this show. They're liberal. Oh, yeah. And there's gay folks. You know it. There's a gay person in almost every television series now. Now, the whole gratuitous uh, licking cocaine off the belly button of, you know, some dude, when you're a dude is not good. Never mind the cocaine, which is not good either. But when you're a dude licking cocaine off another dude's belly, I tend to turn away from that. So I'm not a fan of all the gratuitous male-on-male sex, but there's something really unnatural about a man kissing another man. I just, it's just gross. You know, I kiss my dad on the forehead, you know, my sons, but, uh, you know, if you can, if you can, you know, if you can just let that part of it go, political animals, it it is so cool. (laughs) It is so cool. G-Ski rocks tonight, right after my show, 9 p.m., Eastern time, beautiful Georgia. Yeah, you've got to tune in. The guy is hot. He's hot, like, you know, not like the gay folks. Not, never mind. But hey, political animals, you got to check it out. And what else? Dosekis is now in on the You Didn't Build That Act, as you can see from my my show page. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, what? What? It, it, yeah, Dosekis is in on the act now, and it's hilarious. Uh, value meal: order anything you want, and the guy behind you'll pay for it. I don't always build a business, but when I do, I laugh at Obama's comments. It is so cool. <laughs> so when Dosekis is getting involved in the "you didn't build that thing." This thing's got some legs, baby. I mean, T-shirts are popping up now, and I'm getting in on the act. You know, I'm a I'm a business man. And for me, it's all about the almighty dollar. Well, not all about it, but, you know, kind of mostly. So, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I like to make money. Because, quite frankly, I like to spend it. And there's only a couple of ways 
You can make money. One is to steal it from somebody else, or you can, you know, get it from Obama's stash, or you can go out and make it on your own, which is something I like to do. Speaking of which, last week, Obama spoke two words to an Oakland, California audience that may arguably haunt him even more than you didn't build that. It worked. Quote, no, no, quote, it worked, end quote. Don't you get, doesn't it annoy you? I mean, you want to know what really chafes my ass? Do you want to know? Because I'm going to tell you right now. When somebody says, quote, unquote, and then they say the quote. Yeah, yeah. If you say, quote, unquote, and then say what the damn quote is, you're not quoting anything. You opened the quote and closed it before you even said the quote. Say, quote, then say what the hell the quote is. And then close the quote with end quote. Don't say quote unquote either. Say quote end quote. Damn. Hello. But anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about. I'm sorry. I had a little of a little bit of thing going on. I needed to I needed to get it out there. He said punctuation Nazi. Oh my god. Well, I've been called much worse. I'm running because I don't I don't I believe you can't reduce the deficit, which is a serious problem we've got to deal with, but we can't reduce it without asking folks like me, meaning Barack Hussein Obama, who's obviously wealthy now, who have been incredibly blessed to give up the tax cuts that we've been getting for decades. Dude. Give up your damn tax cut if you want. It's not a tax cut if it's been in place for more than 10 years. You're not cutting taxes. You mean give up the tax rate that we've enjoyed for a decade. Even way, the clown received applause for that. He went on to say, I'll cut out government spending. That's not working. Dude, you've been in office for nearly four years. He said, I'll cut out government spending that's not working, that we can't afford. But, he said, of course there's always a but, isn't there? But, I'm also going to ask anybody making over $250,000 a year to go back to the tax rates they were paying under Bill Clinton. Back when our economy created 23 million new jobs, applause, the big budget surplus, the biggest budget surplus in history, and everybody did well. Here's the thing, clown, Obama. When I say clown or idiot, I'm talking about Mr. Obama. The tax rates were the way they were under Bill Clinton because we enjoyed such a fine economy under Clinton. Because even Bill Clinton understood that business, indeed small business, was the backbone of this country. And to my mind, to my knowledge, to the best of my recollection, Bill Clinton never disparaged business. He never 
created an atmosphere of mistrust and uncertainty. He never did. He may have created an atmosphere of mistrust and uncertainty, you know, in his own household with his wife. You know, I wouldn't trust my daughter or my sister in a room with him alone. Hell, if I shook his hand, I'd count my fingers afterwards, check my rings, make sure I still had my watch, and even check my wallet. But in terms of business, Bill Clinton was all for it. What Obama doesn't no, what he doesn't want you to understand is that we're not living in Bill Clinton land anymore. We're in Obama wilderness now, where nobody is sure what the hell is going to happen. And so, asking us to pay a little bit more, Obama, you can kiss my ass. Okay? That's my answer to your asking me to pay a little bit more. Because, frankly, I make over $250,000 a year, and you're not getting any more of my money. You're done. I will move my operations to St. Martin in the Caribbean. I sure will. No sweat, Big Daddy. None, mind you. I can operate my business from a laptop. MacBook Pro. Yeah. So he said, just like we've tried their plan, we've tried our plan. And it worked. That's the difference. That's the choice in this election. That's why I'm running for a second term. He's saying what he has done has worked. <sighs> Obama apologists got to be shaking their heads right now. They got to be scratching their heads and, 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 and other places too. Once again, Because apparently we're taking him out of context again. Obama was referring to the Clinton tax hike plan, they insist, which worked. There are a number of, number, hell, there are dozens of problems with this. Not the least of which is that the Clinton's tax hikes took place in 1993, well after the recovery from the 1990s, 90-91 recession began. The real boom took place in 1997 when the tax cuts got it went in place. But there's more fundamental problems with his asinine argument. Obama put into place his own plan, not Clinton's in 2009, a massive stimulus bill that cost $838 billion bucks and flopped at its goals, the main goal of keeping unemployment below 8%. And stimulating better than usual recovery growth. None of that happened. But Obama has said once again that he's taken out of context. G-Ski Rocks in the chat room has to go. Do you know why? Because his show comes on in just a few minutes. Please do tune in. I'll be there. You'll be there. Why not? His show is the sh is is great. It is great. You got to go. You got to be there. Really, seriously. G-Ski Rocks, 2020 Radio Network. Southern Senses in a House has a great radio program as well. Got to be there also. Uh, yeah, yeah, 2 p.m. Next show, Wednesday. Better be Wednesday, because otherwise it's tomorrow. But anyway, check out 
20 uh, um I yeah, check out Southern Sense. Look for her on Blog Talk Radio. It is a great show. I am often there myself. You know, tune in. And watch Political Animals and tell me what you think of it. Send me an email. Send me a tweet. Email address USMarine1 at Hotmail.com. The number one. Tweet USMarine underscore Political Animals. Dallas. You got to love it, baby. (laughs) You got to. Hey, listen. We are running out of time. The show's almost over, and I got to get over to G-Ski Rocks 2020 Radio because he's just about to start. So once again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening tonight. And once again, we're we're in trouble, folks. We got to We got to We we. This is this is a time for us. And this guy's got to go. We got to send him home in November. And I'm going to do whatever I can to help that happen. I hope you will, too. Anyway, we'll finish up this whole thing tomorrow because we've, we've run out of time. And there's so much more to get into. Once again, thank you all for listening. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. We're out.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.